Hello, Curvies. Mary Scott Hunter here, along with Rachel Breyers and Liz Bashirs, my co-hosts. And before we get into our interview, let me say that Rachel and I and Liz are so grateful to our Patreon subscribers. You Patreon subscribers are just awesome, especially in these life and times of COVID-19. Those of you who are helping to keep our show going through Patreon dot com slash bell curve pod are so appreciated so thank you very much and a heads up we have chosen our second quarter book becoming mrs lewis by patty callahan patty's a new york times bestseller and she lives in birmingham alabama it's never been a better time to lose yourself in a book and who doesn't love a love story and this particular book is about the story of joy davidman and c.s lewis and a lot of people know who c.s lewis is chronicles of narnia screw tape letters but joy Davidman fell in love with C.S. Lewis. They fell in love and they were married and it's about their love story. So get that book and we will talk to Patty Callahan, the author herself, for that episode, which is going to take place in the June timeframe. Today we are talking about change resilience. Liz and Rachel and I were talking and we just can't, we can't not cover all the things that we feel like our curvies need during these life and times of COVID-19. So change resilience is incredibly important right now, and there's no better professional to give us the insights we need than Laura Huckabee Jennings. Laura is the founder of Transcend, which has been serving executives and senior level teams and promising entrepreneurial organizations since 2002. Transcend's objective is to bring world-class tools and the latest scientific knowledge about business and human development into business. Laura's 20-plus years of experience include roles in top-tier companies like Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola, as well as technology and consumer startups. And she's managed and consulted for businesses all over the world. Laura holds degrees in physical chemistry from Princeton and in comparative culture from Joshi University in Japan. She has an MBA from INSEAD in Fontainebleau, France, and speaks fluent Japanese. She has a good knowledge of French, too, and a smattering of other languages. She's very active in all sorts of community service and boards and uh, very active in the in the Madison County Chamber of Commerce and the Committee of 100 and the International Women's Forum of Alabama. So with that, I think we'll just um, jump right in and say welcome, Laura. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Laura, before we dive into our, our main topic, change resilience, the world of uh, leadership and management consulting is kind of can be confusing. So give us the elevator speech about Transcend. What does your company do? So uh, I agree it can be confusing because people use the same words to mean very different things. Management consulting is super broad. Um, At Transcend, our focus is getting people and processes and cultures aligned for the best performance. We really think of ourselves as bridging that gap between investment and impact. You spend money on um, infrastructure, software tools, other things, and sometimes you don't get out of them the return on investment you anticipate. The reason is because the people aren't on board and aren't using those tools in the way you expected. So if we can get the culture and the talent aligned, you can actually get the full impact out of the investments you're making. So we think culture is really the dramatic way to um, get the best out of your investments. 
Laura, your company's theme is lead fearlessly. And we talk a lot on this show about changing self-limiting beliefs and mindsets, embracing Mm. vulnerability, growing in courage. You know, and it seems to me the reason we have to tell ourselves to be fearless or bold or authentic or courageous is because really no matter who we are, what level of responsibility we hold, some level of fear just seems to be part of being human. It's wired into our amygdala, but the need to develop those skills to overcome fear is essential to success. So talk to us about that idea of leading fearlessly. What does it mean to you? How can we do it, especially right now? So uh, you're absolutely right. Fear is hardwired into us. And I know you talked about that uh, last week about the amygdala and how this fight or flight response creates fear in us. It's a survival instinct. It's really something that we can't escape as humans. So being fearless is really about recognizing the fear within yourself and being able to overcome and move forward in a productive way in spite of the fear you might feel. We talk a lot about how do you manage emotion effectively. And some of it is making sure that you acknowledge, first of all, that you have it. It's not a bad thing or a character flaw. We all have fear. And allowing yourself the moment to feel it and then moving on to the next thing and recognizing that um, your emotions are driving you. So how do you make them drive you in a direction that's helpful and moves you where you want to go and honors your personal values? So as we look at the fears that we're all experiencing now, looking at the uncertainty and the um, changes that we're trying to adjust to in our work and home lives, we want to be able to acknowledge that we have it and then be able to determine, and how do I want to be in this place? How do I want to be in this time? Who do I want to be in this circumstance? And move towards that as opposed to getting mired down in our fears. Everybody has fears. Everybody. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I feel like this circumstance has created kind of a pressure cooker for a lot of us in that not only do we have these fears of the future, but all of a sudden our jobs are changing. Our responsibilities in our jobs are changing very quickly in a lot of ways. And I know that speaking on change resilience is something you do a lot. How have you personally in your business changed your approach and how have you how have you transitioned your um, business to be able to continue offering to your customers so that's a good point because a lot of what we do is very face-to-face it's very personal in the last couple of weeks we've moved uh, a lot of the things that we do to a virtual or online environment we do a couple of things to try to still make it high touch without actually physically touching anybody we think of social distancing is really physical distancing and we need social closeness more than ever in our own team we're doing morning touch-based calls always on video everybody's in at eight o'clock we don't care what you wear or how you look just showing up and smiling and talking to each other and, and expressing caring giving people a safe space to talk about how they actually feel as opposed to trying to put a brave face and talk about how great things are it's okay if they're not great sometimes really giving you a place to talk about that and for our customers you know, we've looked at this time as a difficult time for many of them. And so we're doing, focusing a lot on giving back to our customers and to our community. So we're doing a lot of free resource development right now. And, and change resilience has been a key topic for us of being able just to reach out to people and say, hey, we care about you. We know this is not a time for you to be necessarily making big decisions about things you might want to do with us. But how can we help right now in this moment? When when you talk to these people and they express some fears or they you know, or or people on your team express some fears, how are you answering their questions right now? So I'll I'll take you through an exercise we do with some of them where we ask them to really reflect on their experience. Because we think about 
how do we manage change as human beings? We have to think about how do I manage change and then try to generalize that experience to how other people may be feeling change. So we asked them four key questions. One of them is really, what are your current beliefs about the situation? We all have slightly different beliefs based on our upbringing and the kind of media we consume, what friend groups we hang out in. So you could have a belief, anything from, well, this is how it's going to be from now on. We're just stuck in this place. could be forever. Or, you know, for some people, they're really concerned that their job or their business may go away. Is, is the thing that I do still going to be of value? Um, and others may have a completely opposite and say people are totally overreacting. This is no big deal. I'm not sick. No one's sick. It's going to be fine. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about understanding what your belief is about the situation. Oh, but then, that can make some fights. <laughs> I didn't say you had to talk to people about it. <laughs> I'm not going to say which side of this argument I was on, but I was involved yeah. in an argument where one side thought, oh, this is no big deal. And the other thought, we're overreacting. The other's like, like, you're insane. You're crazy <laughs> if you think that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think as facts reveal themselves, some of these things become easier or harder to believe. <laughs> but the truth is we all have beliefs that drive how we feel about the situation. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to a client group this morning and they were expressing frustration because they were saying, you know, if everybody would just do what they're supposed to, this would pass quicker. Mm-hmm. And they were frustrated because they saw people doing things that they thought were not helpful, gathering in larger groups, not, you know, doing the social distancing that we've all been asked to do. And it created frustration for them. It well, creates sure. frustration others not being able to do the thing that they wanted to do and go have a picnic with their friends so their belief system created that feeling in them and their reaction it seems like right now beliefs are very very tied to anger i mean if i if i could just say the collective emotion that you know we're probably all observing on social media maybe even within ourselves if we had to rank them and i wonder what your perspective would be it seems like anger is the go-to emotion right now so I would tell you that anger is a substitute or a cover-up for fear. Hmm. When Amen. we're angry, it's usually based on fear, hmm. right? I'm angry at this person because they cut me off in traffic because I fear at some level that they don't value me as a human being and maybe I'm actually not valuable, right? So we don't, that confronting that fear is very uncomfortable and many people are unwilling or unable to admit that it's there. So anger is much more socially acceptable. So we come forward with anger. Wow, that could be, we could do a whole show on that. Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of anger out there. There definitely so, is. I know in your in your webinar that you're doing right now, you're asking these questions and we just kind of, we addressed number one, the first question, your beliefs, mm-hmm. and then the second, how are you feeling emotionally? Walk mm-hmm. us through question three and question four. So question three is about what is creating stress or challenge for you? So for each of us, it's going to be a little different depending upon what your circumstances are. We've, we've seen things from, you know, my, I'm having to homeschool my children and, you know, work with my spouse around all the time. And oh, amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, you know, before this, I always kind of daydream about, oh, wouldn't it be great if my husband and I had our own company? No longer. <laughs> I was leading a group last night on WebEx and my little six-year-old, like I had this nice screen and it was kind of professional seeming. And then his little head popped around the corner and just broke the fourth wall. <laughs> He's like, hello, what's going on? Like, oh. So are all learnings and valuable lessons. 
<laughs> but the truth is a lot of it's really stressful. And for some people, it's 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 more stressful not knowing if I'm going to remain employed or maybe the income in my household has gone down because someone's lost their job or lost hours. Maybe someone in my family is sick and I'm concerned about how this is going to turn out for them. So, you know, you may have someone sick in the hospital. You can't even go visit them. So these kinds of things can create a lot of stress and challenges for people. And everyone's situation is a little different. But understanding what's causing stress and challenge for you and really pinpointing the things that are causing you irritation allow you to then address those one at a time and sort of think through, well, if I can't fix this and stop homeschooling my children, how do I manage it in a way that creates a little less stress for me? So these four questions, and then the last question you're asking to break the ice in your in your in your series is what what are the unexpected gifts and are, and and there are those. I mean, there are those. It's the time. Rachel and I were talking offline yesterday about the unexpected gifts of just having the extra time with your family and the the opportunities to eat meals together. And but do you find that these questions are breaking the ice with your you know, when you're online, are, are most of the people that are online, are they men? Are they women? Are they both? Are they? It's a mix. Yeah, we get both. It's a so mix. We, we work with all kinds of people. And I, I'll tell you that whether they're men or women, their response has been, this was really great to be able to take some time and talk about how I'm feeling and to share some of my concerns and challenges with others. Because I, I think that we're not creating space for that in the workplace for most companies. Mm. I think people are so afraid of being the first to say, actually, this is, yes, there's blessings. Yes, I'm glad about this, but I'm, I am really worried or, you know, being the first, how do you, do you model that? Do you share a little something that you're feeling that doesn't fall under the, I am strong and courageous and everything is wonderful. How do you get people to be authentic and vulnerable in times when they don't want to seem weak, really? So we do some exercises to kind of edge people into this, this sort of conversation. And so often we're starting with a, what we call a three-word check-in. So you have a three-word status report at the very beginning, and it could be anything for scared for parents or excited about alone time. Right? We'll make alone time one word for that. But <laughs> everyone's experiencing it differently. But if you have to have a headline about how you're approaching this at this moment. By the time we started putting that out and a couple of other really short answer things, by the time we get here, everybody's like, I'm not alone. I know what mine is. Do you want to hear mine? I want to hear. What is it? Yeah. I hate laundry. (laughs) (laughs) I would put an expletive in there too. I would put something you have to bleep in there too if I was allowed four words, but I really hate laundry. (laughs) We'll put the bleep in the middle. Hate blank laundry. (laughs) Or blank hate laundry. Why does it, it feels like we're doing laundry all the time and dishes. I feel like I have been unloading and reloading the dishwasher like constantly like i'm just in this purgatory of all i do all day is unload and and reload the dishwasher so i can tell you i'm really grateful to have slightly older children at this point (laughs) i can't imagine trying to do this with toddlers i know that some Mm. people are uh, but you know we've got a roster of who's doing what and we do a household blitz the four of us and we just make it happen i won't say it's fun but it goes by quickly Laura, there's a process that we all go through in times when Mm. external change is thrust upon us like the whole world has right now. I don't think we've ever had a time, I can't think of very many historically, where the whole world has had an external change thrust upon them, I guess, unless it was a previous plague or or a previous um, pandemic. But there's a there's a model and you talk about it a lot. I, I want you to and I know our our, our Kirby's can't see the model, uh, but but kind of explain that model. 
So it's called the, the transition model, Bridges transition model or the J curve. And it really maps, you know, productivity on your Y axis. So your productivity is from up to down and then time across the bottom, the X axis. So if we start with your normal productivity and then a change happens to you, you go through what we think of as endings. So you might have shock, denial, anger about this change. And then over time, you your productivity decreases and you come into sort of what we think of as the neutral zone or a transition period where you've still got some frustration and uncertainty, maybe apathy. And eventually over time, you start to transition back out into new beginnings and seeing how this change that's taken place actually presents some new opportunities. You can get excited about it. You can get engaged and maybe even have higher energy than you had before the change. We think of it almost as a grief process. Right? Mm. Because because we're looking at this first piece and saying we're we're saying goodbye to what we thought was going to happen. We maybe we're going to have a graduation or a family vacation or time with relatives that we're now not getting to have. Whatever that thing we were looking forward to isn't happening, and so mm-hmm. we grieve that future we imagined. And then as we process our grief, we start to see that well, it's not all terrible. The world didn't end because of this thing, and that maybe it's opened up some new opportunities for us. And it's not really linear. We go back and forth across this over time. So you might today see, yes, it's full of opportunities. I see it. And then some news event hits you or someone who's really way back at endings. You talk to them and you go right back with them. So we're just transitioning over time, but there's a little back and forth. But understanding that this is natural, that everybody goes through it, kind of helps you process your own experience and maybe have a little more empathy for what other people may be going through. So let me see if I can say it back. I'm trucking along. Some external thing happens. I, my job changes, my family life changes. And I kind of go into a dip because I don't know how to behave like that. I don't know how to do that. And I wallow around in there for a little while. And then I say, all right, well, this isn't going to work. I can't stay down here. And then I start to go back up. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, it is. And, and if it's done well, usually on the other side of it, you'll see that there's new opportunity and you get more energized. And think about it, you lose a job and losing a job is always shocking. You know, you got laid off or fired for something and, and it's terrible. And the world's going to end and nothing good will ever happen again. And then you're like, well, OK, I start looking around at this is the reality. I deal with it. And then I find a job that's way more perfect for me and I get more excited. So these sorts of things happen where you know, this shocking event that we didn't expect hits us really hard at the beginning. But eventually uh-huh. we not only become back to neutral, but we can be more positive afterwards. So it's kind of like there's some truth in the old adage where one door closes, another door opens. That's kind of the I don't know, layman's idea of this model. Now, yeah. is this and this model is pretty time tested. Yeah, this has been around since 1991. So this is something that was just to describe this emotional experience and approach to change. If we think of it, if it's time tested and we accept that it's true, we're going to kind of slump down into the neutral and come up. And the whole world is sort of, you know, going through this right now. I wonder if we're, you know, we're really on the backside of this going to be all better. If, if some, I mean, I, I can see some really great things coming out of this on the backside. Yeah, if we really think about the concept of resilience, it's not just getting back to to neutral or where you were you started, but it's getting to be better and thriving through a change like this. You bounce back, you learn some things, you're even better than you were before it happened. And it's mm. hard to see it when you're in the middle. But at the end, you'll have learned some things. You'll have come up with some new coping mechanisms. You'll have taken up some new hobbies or habits or taken on new knowledge. And at the other side of it, you should be stronger and more resilient. 
Well, knowing that that's coming is comforting. Well, it seems to me just looking at the model, this is a model of hope. And it just sort of makes me think we so desperately need hope that part of what's hard about it is just so longing for that dip to start going up. And so I think sometimes even when we see in the news people rushing to name an end date or wanting to name when things will go back to normal is honestly just speaking to that emotional need for hope. Yeah, it's, it's a need for hope. And um, we talk sometimes about these um, five types of loss that create this sense of stress in people. And there's, there's two that are really hitting people really hard right now. One is autonomy and the other one is certainty. And certainty really speaks to our ability to predict the future, our future, what's going to happen to us over the next year or five years. We make these long plans, we make financial plans, we make career plans. And now we can't even really tell what's going to happen the next week or two. And so it hits us really hard of not being able to predict and therefore we can't plan and we can't control our experience. So it comes back to the sense of control. The second one that's hitting people really hard right now is this loss of autonomy. So people really think about, you know, I want to be able to go shopping when I want to and go play football when I want to and go see my grandparents. And now they've got this really restrictive set of, of new rules to live by. We're really not used to it, and we're not getting to make those choices. And even if we wouldn't have gone to go play soccer anyway, now we want to because we want to be able to make that choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Mary Scott. Yeah, Mary Scott. <laughs> it's like, tell me I can't. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to anyway. It's that inner rebel, right? We want to be able to choose. Well, I want to ask you too, you know, we did talk with Lori King Taylor about emotional intelligence during times of change, but there is this broader context that emotional intelligence fits into that I'd love if you can speak to. What are the main components of resilience in general and how can we grow in it right now? So I like this model that that has four different pieces. So the reflect piece is really where emotional intelligence sits. You guys have already spoken about that some. The second piece of it is really relate. So one of our sources of strength is our relatedness to other people. And really in this time when you can't go actually see people, I encourage you to, to who is your shopping buddies, your happy hour people, your gym people, and find ways to connect to them with video calls so that you're actually seeing their face and hearing their voices. But we need to strengthen those relationships, whatever they may be, because that's what supports us and makes us feel less alone. The third component is renew. And this is really about how are you taking care of yourself? This is putting your own oxygen mask on first, making sure that you're eating correctly, that you are exercising, that you sleep well. A lot of our clients, we've talked to them about creating a schedule. It's artificial now. You're not expected to be places at a certain time. Create your own schedule. What will work for you? But have a time that you're going to get up, a time you're going to eat meals, a time you're going to exercise times when you're going to work and uh, times you're not going to work because just because you're at home doesn't mean that you're now working 24 seven. And that's a temptation for a lot of people. They can't see me. So I have to work harder and show that I'm doing what I'm supposed to make sure you're really taking care of yourself properly. And then the last one is, is realized. And I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's connecting to your inner sense of purpose and your own inner values and say in this moment, in this crazy time, when I don't know what's going to happen next, who do I need to be? to feel like I'm being authentic and honoring my own personal values. So if you have that sense of purpose and intention, you know, my kids are driving me crazy. What kind of mother do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? And how do I honor that? Even though things are a little crazy, what kind of employee, what kind of wife, what kind of friend? So can I, can I tap into the renew piece? Because (laughs) y'all, I have have something to say about the renew piece. (laughs) Also, (laughs) 
Well, um, I am, you know, like I am trying to deal with the COVID-19 as in the freshman 15. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, I just want to know if any, it's real. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, the pantry is so there and um, it just doesn't feel sometimes like I'm actually doing much if I'm not going to the gym or, you know, working out with my, you know, my trainer or I don't, I, you know, is it just, do I just need to create a schedule? Is that all, is that, is that the, is that the only trick? I mean, God, there has to be more out there. I just, I'm going to be 19 pounds heavier before all this is done. If I'm not careful. I think it's a real risk. People talk about being quarantined with all the snacks, right? <laughs> it's like, it's you and the pantry. <laughs> and I think we go eat because we're bored or because we're frustrated or we're sad or our energy is low. And so trying to make sure that we're not just replacing that emotional food for ourselves with like physical food that goes in our mouth. Um, and it's a, it's a real challenge for everyone. I see this happening. And I, I think that yes, do schedule a workout, even if it's just walking your dog or going out with the kids. Um, our gym is doing uh, video workouts. You can do at home where you see the trainer and you see the classmates. That's actually really mm-hmm. kind of helpful. It's not quite the same as going, but it's still, it still yeah. puts you on a schedule. And so you feel like you're reporting in, I'm here, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Um, we've worked out with the kids, which has been kind of fun and taken on some new things that um, we wouldn't have necessarily done if we weren't all here at home together. Um, treating that housework as an exercise might help Mary Scott. <laughs> I know we, we, Wednesdays is floor day at my house and we got a lot of floors. Let me tell you. <laughs> you got to put on a leotard and all that laundry. <laughs> Aerobic style. Yeah. Well, I like the alliteration of reflect, relate, renew, realize, reflect, relate, renew, realize. And we did talk a lot last week about um, emotional intelligence and the reflection piece, yeah. but I, I think that it, it it does take it really does take more than an EI. I mean, EI is a is got to be the cornerstone of this because it's yeah. you just I don't know it's so easy to lose your cool. It's so easy to lose your perspective. And I mean, I think every single one of us has been there. You know, with a total you know you totally drop your basket. You know, because you get some piece of news that shouldn't really hit you that hard, but it, it does. So. But I guess for me right now, the biggest, hardest thing has been the, the renew piece. And I, mm-hmm. I, I find myself, you know, going to the end. I don't know. Have y'all been there? Not going to the end of the day and I'm still in the clothes I woke up in, you know, it, <laughs> that's no good. You know, you don't feel like yourself. The weird one for me, I, I'm looking at your four R's here is, has been relate. I'm an introvert already. And like mm-hmm. I've said before, I can go months without talking to people I are I do care I care about and so all of this has brought out just the awkwardness of being like I I really would like to connect with this person it's a strange time want to make sure people know that I care about them but I don't know if you have any tips for strengthening relationships that might have already just yeah hadn't talked to them in a long time I don't know I've I found myself struggling with that I, I almost feel like just sort of withdrawing even further into a hermit hole and I don't want to do that I do want to reach out and stay connected and I think Mary Scott and Liz and I have done that I've been so grateful for the three of us but I don't know if you have any tips on that as well yeah, I, w- I would say that the important thing is really to to just go ahead and reach out I, you know I've made connection with people I haven't spoken to in 10 or 15 years and the, the mutual gratitude for that connection, just you can't really overstate that. 
people are so excited that you reached out. And it's a really great excuse to say, hey, I know things are really crazy and we haven't talked in a while. How are you? Hmm. Hmm. Tell me how things are going. A really simple phone call for introverts, that might be the easiest thing. And you can start it by an email or a text or reach out to them, whatever communication, and then set up a, a call or a video call. A lot of the groups that I'm part of have been setting up uh, virtual cocktail hours or uh, I've got a, my business school group are mostly in Europe and the Middle East, and we have a WhatsApp and the jokes that go flying on there all the time. But it is a way of connecting, even though we're not live in real time. It's just it's very interesting to see where people are and what they're experiencing. Some of the folks in Italy, I mean, it's just heartbreaking, but they're making really funny jokes about it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a crazy time. But you're missing all of your normal places where you might have run into people. You don't see them at the grocery store or at the gym or at church or at other clubs or meetings or at work. So you've got to now build something in. I will say I've, and I know it's a little bit different situation for all all of us, but I live in a a neighborhood where already people walked a lot. Uh, But I've been so thankful for the time that I've spent on my front porch (laughs) meeting my neighbors for the first time in the last couple of weeks. Like every evening we end the day on the front porch, either just like with a book or a cocktail or just, you know, just to get outside for a little while. And um, the weather's been so perfect too. And, and, all these people walking by that I've never met before has been, it's just been really mind blowing to me and just really eye opening to see, you know, I, it's made me feel a lot less, I guess, cloistered, but it's also just like, Hey, I have a community, even if it looks a little bit different than I thought it did. Yeah. It's really quite interesting in my neighborhood. There's more people walking than I've ever seen, maybe because we normally walk at night with the dog and, but now we're out in the day. So <laughs> It's, it's nice to see people coming together and helping each other out and the, the amount of kindness you see around you. Mm-hmm. Part of why we do the unexpected gifts exercise is to get people to notice the positive things, those, those good moments in your day, the kindness between strangers, the friends you haven't seen, because not everything that's happening in your world is negative or painful or scary. There's lots of really good things happening. If we can notice them and emphasize them and think about them, we can maybe amplify those and feel a lot better about what's happening. Laura, do you have any book recommendations or reading recommendations? Lots of people have time right now. Any any books you want to recommend about change resiliency? So the, the one that um, I reference in the webinar that might be useful to people, it's called Your Brain at Work, and it's by a guy named David Rock. And he really talks about these, these loss factors. He talks about it in terms of, of work and why people get afraid at work, why they get stressed at work. And how your relationships with your coworkers, when they go bad, it's usually based on them feeling one of these five losses. Um, and I think that one's quite useful. Um, anything on emotional intelligence is generally good. Um, I really am I'm a big fan of uh, Brene Brown's work on Dare to Lead. She talks a lot about um, being brave, challenging yourself, being willing to be vulnerable. We love Renee Brown on this show. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's terrific and, and really talks a lot about the same kinds of things. Well, Laura, it's been fabulous having you here today. And we just want to thank you so much for coming on. You, we mentioned earlier about benefits of, you know, in this situation. And one of them is that Laura is giving free webinars. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. if people want to connect with you, go to your webinar. Uh, how do they do that? Probably the best way to do it is to look for our company page on LinkedIn. It's Transcend the Fearless Company. 
and we're putting up their registration links there and some details. Uh, currently, we're doing one every Wednesday from 11.30 to 12.15, and, and you're, anybody's welcome to join us. We'd be happy to have you. Connect with Bell Curve on Facebook or Twitter at Bell Curve Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a review. It helps us. Don't forget to order your copy of Becoming Mrs. Lewis, our second quarter book club book. Laura, thank you again. It was awesome having you here. Be resilient, Curvies. We're absolutely rooting for you. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Breyers from Bell Curve. Is your organization struggling to communicate with customers now that in-person contact isn't an option? This might be the perfect time for your business to launch a podcast. Podcasts keep your community connected and informed. They can inspire brand loyalty and open up new channels for marketing. You've got things to say. Let me help you say them. You can find me on Facebook at Rachel Blackman Briars or at briarscommunications.com.